0: What could loving your neighbor actually look like? Welcome to the Journey With Care podcast, your online community of sojourners who are growing more loving in neighborhoods all across Canada. We'll navigate into hot topics about child welfare, faith and reconciliation. Be challenged with real life stories and honest conversations that will inspire you to love others well. We're glad you've joined us on this Journey With Care.
1: Welcome to the Journey with Care podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you somebody very special to me here in uh, Langley, BC. uh, We have Doris Olofsson. Welcome to the
0: podcast. So much fun to be here in person with you. (laughs) It is.
1: We have gone to know each other over Zoom, right? And we become, I feel that we've become good friends because I'm like, oh, I just need more Doris in my life. Everybody needs more Doris. So I was here in BC and I'm thinking, Oh, I have to introduce you.
0: (laughs) Well, I just love that we could actually be face-to-face because you have so much energy in life and it's just, every time I talk to you, it's a joy, but to actually meet.
1: A few minutes ago, we hugged for the first time, but we've um, grown close over the last few months. Um, You have been very helpful for me and for Care Impact, but can you tell us a
0: little bit about yourself and what is it that you do? Wow. That's a really great question. I think uh, I've had a lot of titles over the years about what I do, but I think what I do is I help people unlock that dream or that vision that's in their heart, and I help them find a way for that to come true. So I'm kind of, I've been called a matchmaker. I've been called a coach when that wasn't my official title. My team gave me the title coach, and basically... I love to see the reality of funds needed for visions realized. And in the scriptures, there's a story, and if you ask me, who do I relate to most in scriptures, there's a story about this little boy that was sent, he brought this five fishes and two loaves, And uh, but what about the guy that introduced the little boy? So his story doesn't often get told. And it's just a skinny little story in the scriptures, but it changed everything. It was a game changer. Go find lunch, go find lunch. And Andrew went and found this little boy. Well, he's got something to give. And so the master asked for something. They went and found the resources and Andrew introduced them. And then what happened? We know the story, the beauty of the story was that that connection changed everything in that moment, not just for the people that were fed, but for the people that were part of that, making that connection happen, and for the disciples. And everybody that was there, they were a witness to what a connection does. So I'm a connector, and I love to be that introducer. So I love to work with philanthropists, and I love to work with charities. And I've been involved in fundraising, development, advancement, philanthropy, whatever name you want to put on it for the last 25 years. And I've had the joy of watching charities succeed because they have helped a donor's dream come true. No, that's beautiful. And that's what I've experienced
1: coming to you. And um, somebody, a friend, a mutual friend connected me and said, you need to talk to Doris because I knew that Care Impact was onto something. And I knew what we were developing was something new and needed across Canada. Research was showing that God was revealing that to us. But there was something missing that I, I just like, how do we get those loaves and fishes to the people? There, I need some help here. And you were that person for us. And, and it was so, it is so helpful Um, You finished, you helped me finish a project recently, a case for support, and it became so much more, it really helped articulate my why. And, but tell me like so many times in ministry, we think of, well, how many children do we serve? How many bowls of soup? How many projects have we worked on? And that direct in-person help with the most vulnerable. Now, what I appreciate about you, you you see philanthropy, you live philanthropy like that is ministry, because it is ministry. Can you help give us that perspective of how you see philanthropy and fundraising, not just as a necessary means to an end, but that in itself is ministry.
0: Can you talk to that a bit? So there's two ways of, of coming at this conversation. I want to come at it from the, the funder side. The reality is we've seen the ads. It's in us to give. Um, We were created to give. We're created to live in community. There's something that God has placed in us that makes us want to pay it forward or give back. Like There is something to that. But the adage about fundraising, like begging for money or donors being overwhelmed by requests coming their way, there's a way to actually engage with a donor in a place where they are living mm. and it's where their heart is it's where their values are it's what aligns with them and who they are and why they've been created that the giving part whether it's giving a hundred dollars $1, a thousand dollars ten thousand a hundred thousand or a million dollars it goes to who they are as a person and what's important to them for me, it's always been important to know the person on that side of the table, to really get to know the donor's heart.
1: Right. Then it's more than just underwriting and, and writing out a check so somebody else can go do work. they really, that becomes partnership. That's right.
0: When you know, and I've been accused of this, I've worked for a number of charities, a couple of charities that, you know, if you know me, you'll know where I've worked over the years, but, uh, and I've been known to tell donors, this isn't the right charity for you to be involved in. And that's just speaks to the ethical approach that you have to have when you're talking to somebody about why they would want to give their money to something. It's meaningful, but it might not be right for them. It might not align with who they are, what's important to them, and where they want to make a difference. So. It's understanding the donor, understanding the charity, mm-hmm. and knowing what the charity is doing, that they have credibility, that they have integrity, that they are about transformation, and they aren't transactional. That's where you get into the the numbers game. right? So impact is super important. Outcomes are super important. But at the end of the day, transformation on both sides of the table is super important. And I think I've used the word super a lot here, but I mean... <laughs> It's really important that it's not transactional, that it's transformational and that it's ongoing. It's sort of that that loop of engaging with donors that can engage with charities and then the charities are engaging with the donors. And it's like the humanity coming together and building a bridge and people working together to solve a common problem or make an initiative happen or underwrite a vision or a project that is impossible without both parties being involved. So, right. so I grew up in poverty. I am the daughter of a single mom. She had three kids back in the day. There was not any social assistance. or So I know what it's like to live in poverty in Canada. I mm. totally understand what it's like to be the nine-year-old girl wearing rubber boots with plastic bags on my feet in 40 Below Weather in Prince George, BC. Wow. Um, And to have a two week old baby that I have to, brother that I have to pick up after school and take home and get dinner made. So I understand what it's like to not have what I need, but I also understand what it meant to have community come into my mom's life and make all the difference as we were growing up. in that community, it was teeny tiny. We had no faith orientation at that time as a family, but this teeny tiny community came alongside my mom and helped her help us. And it was mm. the community that she went to work with every day. So I understand what it is to have somebody believe in you and invest in you and help you see your potential as a person. And I was never treated as a charity case. I was always treated with integrity and respect. That there's something in me that makes me want to help other boys and girls, families, organizations that have a need that they can't meet. Yeah. And that's that's really interesting.
1: And coming from a place of understanding as a child, you learned early on we need to need others yeah and I think there's something very profound about that that maybe in a family that has everything or an organization or a church that has, we quickly lose that need for each other and that need for community. And one thing that I, I learned uh, through you and and others around me is that me asking a potential donor to get involved, is actually a sign of humility of just saying we need to work together. But knowing also that they need to be part of community too. There's a relational poverty on everybody's side. And so would you say that fundraising and philanthropy, doing fundraising is really an act of community development in some
0: ways? So I was talking about that little girl that grew up in poverty But then, you know, the Lord has opened doors and I have walked with some of the wealthiest people in Canada. I have had the privilege of being and the pleasure of being in their company, but I've also been with some of the poorest people on the planet. And I've realized there's poverty looks different everywhere because some of those wealthy families are living in so much poverty. They might not have financial poverty, but they don't have community or they don't have family or they don't have fellowship or they don't have meaning. And people with economic poverty, they quite often have other forms of wealth that people that have financial wealth are missing. So for me, somebody actually said it's so pastoral to be in the work Hmm. where you are bringing people together where a fullness is this sense of fullness coming together in community for the fullness of the vision being realized on both sides. So not just on, you know, I'm very um, anti-hero or, you know, there's phrases out there, white savior, all that. Like that is totally not my domain, but I'm also not on the slick and marketed and bag lady on the, it's, it's gotta be authentic. It's gotta be real. It's gotta be real on both sides. It's got to be real for the donor. It's got to be real for the charity. Authenticity comes to the to the forefront of everything. If it's not there, it's pretty soon revealed. Yeah. For me, my greatest joy in life is working with people like you or working with a philanthropist who finds his way. Like, I've been dreaming about doing something like this for my whole life or working with a, a fundraiser development person. And helping them have the courage to just—you have something incredible to share. Like, don't be afraid. <laughs>
1: well, you—you you have been so encouraging. Uh, every time I come off on a high when we have our sessions, and and you've been coaching me for a few months now, and every time I come off on such a high, and it—it comes across, and I—I I do believe it is in a very genuine space that you are an encourager, wow. and you're—you really coach in like. Like you can do this, Wendy, you know, and and we're going to help you get there. Yes, that is possible. That is such a ministry to ministry leaders that we also need people to coach. And, and I'm a big believer is find people that are smarter than you, wiser than you, that, that have gone ahead of us and, and can lead the way. And so I've really found for Care Impact that you've caught our vision, but then you've helped us and you've challenged me with it and how do we get that communicated? What would you say to other um, ministry leaders that are sort of feeling stuck, maybe feeling stuck like I was? Let's go back to that first conversation. I'm like, what do I do, right? What would you tell them, people that are wanting to do ministry, but those budget lines just aren't moving and those bake sales just aren't bringing in what they need? Yeah.
0: Can I just, before I say something to speak to that, I just want to go back to that First meeting, and when I met you, and I thought, I've told people she's a pistol. Like this girl, <laughs> this girl, she is so passionate about her calling. I kind of believe w- a bit in it, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I can't encourage people that can't be encouraged. And when I met you, and I have an, other clients too right now that I'm working with that. I just love working with them because they give me life because they are so passionate about what they're doing. And for me, just helping you see you have a treasure. Mm. You're a gem, but you also have a treasure that people are looking for. And, you know, whether you two or something, you still haven't found what they're looking for. They haven't met <laughs> you yet. They haven't met you yet. So I would say to those other organizations, the ones that are, where the leaders are just, they're exhausted, or they're they are fundraising, you know, they're trying to do it by the book. Or, My husband always used to say to me, just be you, just be you, just go to work today and just be you. And I mean, I started out doing this, not really knowing what I was doing. And then the Lord was just gracious and merciful and brought people in and who coached me and mentored me along the way. Most of them were donors and they told me what not to do and what to do. And I'm so grateful. And some of them are still in my life Mm -hmm. um, coaching me, but it's just be you. So to that charity leader, there was a reason you were called Mm -hmm. into this. There was a passion and a fire in your belly. If there wasn't, you might not be in the right place, Mm -hmm. but there was a reason you were called into this and you have a message that people are waiting to hear or you have um, a mission that people have been looking for and you just need to find those people and they are there. The funders are there because they're looking for you too. So it's just be you and be true to the call that you have and then get the skills you you have the skills you had all the tools you just didn't know how to put them all together right (laughs) and it was beautiful watching you wrestle through
1: oh it was painful
0: (laughs) but uh, from our side um my associate Kim and I we talked about you after too it was just so fun watching you wrestle through some of the hard questions we would ask and you always knew the answers you just hadn't you always knew the answers you just didn't know how to put them or where to put them, so I would say to other charity leaders, you probably know you just haven't maybe had the right questions asked of you or you haven't had some somebody that can direct you or just take this path or go down this way, or what about this and I think for all of us, sometimes when we hear our own voice, we think, "Oh, that's the answer, yeah, and you just don't realize you knew it all along, well, just
1: being you. Uh, just as a simple example, I walk into Walmart and I see a greeter. There's two kinds of greeters. One that is just so happy to see me. And I want to just give them a hug because they're just happy. They're in the place to be. And then there's others. I'm like, dude, just be well on your way. Like just cut these losses, go find a job that you're passionate about. But I think we, that's a, a very simple facetious kind of example, but or McDonald's, or any business owner, but in nonprofit or in Christian ministry, we have to find our sweet spot and be honest with that. I know for myself, there's a lot of things I'm not good at, but if I just put myself in the perspective, well, this is what a nonprofit should do, and I'm going to just suck it up and just be something inauthentic, I think I would be fairly miserable. And so I really like that message. The other thing is it's pretty handy to be
0: just you. It's easy. It's so authentic. It's so easy. It is and if you're not afraid to be you, and I think that's uh, That is true. if you're not afraid to be you. I mean that and being a fundraiser is not for the faint of heart cuz you're going to get you might not get a ton of yeses until you figure out where you're going and how you're going and even then there may be people that say no, that's not my that's not my thing and that's okay. Yeah. Because you're going to get enough. You know, I'm working in Christian ministry, especially. There's more than enough in the kingdom. For kingdom work, there is more than enough. And it just needs to be unleashed. Again, that's relational poverty, though, I
1: see, because there is more than enough. But people just need to know people and align, not just for their their checkbook, but really for those connections so that this philanthropist can be really passionate about education or really passionate about coffee beans or whatever it
0: is there's a place for everybody in the economy of God. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it can be the $5 philanthropist or the $5,000 philanthropist. It, it, philanthropist is such a lovely word because it's uh, it's about the whole person giving. You know, the the definition of philanthropy is about a wholeness of giving. It's not just about money, right? So you're actually asking people to engage with their whole self, their whole life. And... uh Money is just one part of it. You're on a journey together. And that's where the meaningful places, and that's why I'm really excited about for Care Impact, because you're about relational equity mm-hmm. at the table, but you're also about you want to bring people in. This is going to be a relational organization. yeah, so
1: we always say everyone belongs is part of the the child welfare puzzle. yeah, like every single person,
0: maybe directly or indirectly, but they're all part of it. Mm-hmm. We're all a part of it, but donors don't like to feel like a t m machines and that I first heard that I think Mark Peterson was doing a workshop, but he said, don't ever treat a donor or a foundation or a business like an a t m machine and you know what the people know that the minute they that's for the authenticity, but if you're passionate about what you've been called to do, the mission that you're on, the mandate that you have, and you've done your homework and your due diligence, and you have a plan and you're prepared. There are people waiting for you to share that story with them and people will want to introduce you to other people that they know. It's that whole connecting. Most of the relationships I have are a result of somebody introduced me to somebody that they know. Like their trust was part of the, you know, that's the equitable currency I think in this work called fundraising at its core. It's if you can't be trusted, you know, you're not, not going to introduce you to my friends or my neighbors or my family. But when you gain trust, I mean that that changes everything. And then the other thing to remember is when people give you money, they're giving you part of their heart. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to be mindful that you have been entrusted with something is very close to cuz they could give it in many ways that's right to
1: many organizations yeah. or to many things and experiences that but they've chosen
0: to give in this way so that is part of their heart and then there's an intimacy that comes with that and then you'll probably get to know the the family and and it's not just the money they want to volunteer their time or they want to introduce you to some of their colleagues at work or their employees, and then they start to open up their spheres of influence or they come and engage and they serve in your organization or they become advocates and spokespeople. It's not just about getting money. It's about engaging people for a whole life experience. So you really have to manage resources well Mm. and with integrity and You know, there have been times in in my life when I was actively fundraising for an organization where a project would have failed. Well, rather than gloss over that or, you know, try to make it something that it wasn't, I've gone back to the funder and said, this failed. This project failed. What we had hoped would happen didn't happen. Well, when you tell the truth and when you tell the good and the bad, when Mm -hmm. things don't go well you're taking your trust quotient up to the next level, right? So mm-hmm. relationship, transformation, trust, integrity, like there's just, you've got it all, Wendy. Like I think I have i have a big dream for you and I love dreaming dreams for other people. I'm a uh, dreamer too. So this is dangerous here. <laughs> I have traveled around the world with a lot of people and I always would ask them in Latin America, I'd say, Kelly, su what is your dream? But I would ask the person we were meeting with, in Latin America, but I'd also ask the person that we had taken. And very often the dreams were compatible. And there was a lot of um, shared dreaming. And I have a big dream for Care Impact. I have a big dream for Do Philanthropy. God put Do Philanthropy in my heart during COVID. And I just thought I want something good to come out of COVID. There was a lot of things that we all went through and different experiences that I had as a, as a new widow. yeah. And I thought, how will I spend the next season of my life? Yeah. Cause you could have done anything and made this a segue. Let's let's,
1: I'm going to go to the Caribbean or I'm going to just, I don't have to work, but you don't have to work, but you chose to do philanthropy and serve people like myself. There must be an inner drive, a dream within you.
0: Yeah. Because I love watching dreams come true. And I want to work with people and organizations that are hungry to see a dream come true Mm -hmm. or God has put a dream, a God-sized dream in their heart and they don't know how to get from where they are to where they want to go. And so that's my dream for Do Philanthropy is that kingdom will move forward and that God will use myself and my associates. I have some incredible people that have said, I want to be part of this and so I've Uh, Kim Parker, writer, and Allison Chapman, who's just phenomenal uh, on the development side, and uh, Scott Fehrenbacher, who's now working with Habitat for Humanity. But all of them are my associates, and we work together and collaboratively on different projects, but we all have the same heart. Nice. We have a heart for God's kingdom to move forward. We have a heart to see charities succeed, and we have a heart for philanthropists to have their dreams come true, too. So it's like Shared values, shared heart. I don't know if I told you this, but the whole springboard for Care Impact led us to
1: today. It started with my husband and I had a literal dream the same night we woke up from the same dream. It wrecked us in a good way. <laughs> we were like, what do we do with this? We didn't know the full picture. And thank goodness we didn't because we would have been scared by it. We would have disqualified ourselves so quickly. But it started with a dream and we just put one foot in front of the other. And uh, this is where
0: we, we ended up. It's uh... And I can only imagine what God's going to do is you connect agencies and frontline workers with churches across our nation. God is waiting and wanting those two to work together more significantly. Um, before I came here today, uh, I live in a strata with 28 units and... Uh, We've been talking about doing something in the community, and in my church, we're encouraged to have an outward, it's called, and so to be constantly thinking outward. So our strata has—we're committed to our local food bank, and so I I dropped off today. And So every month, there's a drop-off at the local food bank, but I, we're only 28 units, and I when I unloaded my um, vehicle before I got here, I was like— Oh my goodness, like all I could think was this little community has, once again, is full of diapers and all these things that are so desperately needed, but they were just waiting to be asked to do something in the community. Now they're excited about what can we do for December? Like every month it's like, what can we do for this month? And I'm thinking, we should have been doing this for years. We'll have to get Langley onto Care Portal
1: because well, that's what we're finding though. Like we, we have the Care Portal that connects the needs in the community that are identified by social services and front lines with community. There's never a lack of resources. Oh. It blows me away. The kinds of requests and their individual requests as unique as the child in the family situation. They come through and we're thinking, will this ever get met? But sure enough, there's somebody that's a plumber. There's somebody that loves to, to bake. There's somebody that has this size of clothing or this car seat. There's always enough stuff. And what is beautiful is that there is an energy about that when we're connecting people within the community. There's always resources. Yeah. There's just a lack of
0: connection. Yeah. That's a great example that you, you just gave. So if we go back to that little nine-year-old girl in Prince George, and I used to sing this song in my bathroom with a brush. Why can't we be like storybook children is the the song, but I used to sing that and I used to dream dreams about one day one day I will live in a nice house. And one day I will, because I started dreaming when I was really little, but I didn't know I was dreaming. And then when I met my husband and we got married, the song that we danced to, our first dance was um, dream. All you have to do is dream, dream, dream. So dreaming is part of my DNA. And I used to be that kid that teachers and parents would say, quit dreaming. As I age, I know it's totally okay to color outside the lines. It's totally okay to dream big dreams. And I have seen so many dreams come true for so many people, whether they're a charity or a family in need in my community or in another country, or it's a donor who's just doesn't know how, or is too afraid to, or is nervous about getting involved or speaking to others about their giving. I've watched people's lives be transformed. I don't want to spend the rest of my life helping dreams come true. As long as God gives me breath, I want to be that person that said, Wendy, I know that Care Impact is going to change Canada. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) The way the church engages. And one day we will just all be looking back saying, well, we've always done it this way. But, but it
1: started with a dream.
0: It started with a dream.
1: And you know what? It, with every dream, there's an equal amount of need to get there. And, and it seems like absolutely impossible. But I've told people, other people asking how we're developing this and how do we get started? And, and I said, you know what? One of the best gifts for us starting off with a dream, but one of the best gifts for us was starting with zero dollars. And I'm actually serious about that because if we had a million dollars in a bank account and somebody said, here you go, just go do good in the world. Go make your dream come true. I don't. I think we would have had a, a rent, sort of what everybody else is doing. We wouldn't have fought for what we were dreaming. We wouldn't have needed other people and invited people. We've gotten to know so many organizations, not because, hey, look, we're your dream come true. We're saying, this is our dream. Can you envision this with us? Can we join together? And that with the philanthropists and all of our donors out there, I'm just so grateful that you started to dream with us. You started to be part of our story, not our story, but our story, <laughs> including you and I. And so it's no longer just the Harold and Wendy show. It is all the people that we've been able to connect with, the agencies and the, the nonprofits and the philanthropists. We have started dreaming together. And I realize when God puts a dream in your heart, it's not just my dream to keep. If I let it out and I'm bold enough to just, just put it out there on the table, this is what I say. When I go into churches or into um, social service sector, I don't have to sell them Kool-Aid. I don't have to sell them that that's a good idea. Because inevitably within those pews, there's people that are ready, it awakens something they already have too. They're just figuring out their purpose and part of that. And so that is my my wish that we've got a long way to go. I'm still dreaming. I still feel like I'm just this far past the starting line. And we're gonna be continuously inviting people to dream with us. And this dream is bigger than what we can do. And that's why we partner with a lot of organizations too, because this dream is bigger than what we can accomplish on our own. You've been part of our dream
0: and you're making dreams come true. (laughs) We know like, and that whole adage about, you know, get your head out of the clouds, stop dreaming. If we didn't have those famous heroes of the faith that have gone before us, like, I have a dream. Yes. (laughs) We all know. We don't even have to. All we have to say is, I have a dream. And we know where that came from. And that dream changed our world that we live in today. So I can't say that for myself, but I do have big dreams for the people that God brings into my path. And I'm so grateful, Wendy, that do philanthropy gets to work with Care Impact. And here's a really funny little sideline. I've always known my initials are DO. Like I've always known that, but it was only during COVID that it hit me when I was praying and talking to my kids about, you know, what would I call this chair, this, this coaching or consulting, whatever it is that I'm doing, encouraging. Um, What would I call this little enterprise? And so when we came up the name, you know, Doris Olofsson Philanthropy and my daughter and son, I can't remember which one, just said, well, why don't we just call it Do Philanthropy? And I thought, oh, Do Philanthropy, it It works. (laughs) When I told my lawyer, he goes, he just said, when he was putting all the paperwork together, he just said, that totally makes sense. It's who you are. (laughs) So my tagline is, let's do this. So let's do this. And I got that from you. Yeah. You you helped me and you didn't even realize it sitting in your little Shasta trailer. And I read your blackboard and we're on Zoom. And I thought, we get to do this. And it, yours says, we get to do this. And I just thought, let's do this. Like, and you're talking about your dreams. And I just thought, let's do this. So my tagline came from you. So I have to, that say That's awesome. Yeah. And we're
1: going to keep dreaming and we're going to keep inviting other people to dream with us. And as a result, dreams will come true for children and families, for girls in rubber boots with plastic bags on their her feet, and for so many others. And dreams will come true to churches that are tired right now, that are tired after a pandemic and wondering up from down, and where are their congregations going? What is the way forward? It's going to be dreams coming true for philanthropists that want to make a difference, but just wanting to see where they can actually put value into the community And everybody can be part of this dream. So thank you so much, Doris, for being part of this podcast and being part of my life. I'm already looking to the future. We're already strategizing for next year. Um, I'm just so grateful to dream with you. Me too. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks for listening to the Journey with Care podcast where paths connect over real life stories and honest conversations. We hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith, reconciliation and loving our neighbor. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or follow us in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time,